Buffs Nation. All right, what's going on? Welcome into the Buffs Nation podcast. Thanks for joining us on our official final podcast of the season. Once something happens with a coach, hopefully Deion Sanders, uh, we'll be coming back to do a show about that, expectations for the coach, the offseason, things like that. But what we always do at the end of the year, put a bow on the season. What did we see? What did we like? We give some awards out. Just talk about our thoughts in general. It's the whole crew as always. Uh, Jared is joining us in the studio. Jared, how are you? I feel so lonely in this studio here by myself. I've never never <laughs> done a show by myself in here. He's yeah. in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, you don't sound you don't sound uh, fantastic to be honest. But maybe it's just me on this new sh- uh, bad microphone that I have at my house. So for those who don't know, we're all we're uh, we're recording remotely today. We're all in our own houses. I was sick last week, so Jared's in the studio. I'm at my house. Ryan's at his house, and we're just doing this thing uh, remotely. So that's why it sounds a little different, and that's also why we're not going to do a huge podcast, an hour long one, you know, to to get everything into to, to wrap the season up. It's going to be a quick pod. It's going to be our, our, our season ending one. You know, this isn't the best season, obviously as, as a CU football fan or as a CU player or coach or anyone involved, but we have to, at some point, you know, address this stuff. So that's what we're doing. Also producer Ryan, uh, producing from the yonders, the yonder. Yes, yonder sir. Berries. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Pro- Ryan's, produ- Ryan's pro- uh, producing from the uh, mean streets of Denver, baby. Yeah, Ryan's got the good setup too there with the the good producer <laughs> mic. So right, let's get this uh, let's get this thing started. Uh, season we end eleven or uh, one and eleven. I almost said eleven and one. So God, close. We were so close to that eleven and one. Yeah, I know. I wonder when the last year we finished uh, with eleven wins was. We'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, one and eleven on the year. Thoughts on the season in general? Because if you go back and look at the recent history. You know, we've been watching Buffs football for several decades now. We remember the good times and the bad times. Not that many fans, especially younger fans, remember the good times. I was looking back at recent history, uh, you know, before the show. Obviously, Carl Durrell, 4-8 and eight last year, 4-2 and two the year before. Mel Tucker only went 5-7. and seven. I think we glorify the Mel day or the Mel year in our head. He went 5-7 and seven that year. We didn't make a bowl. Mike McIntyre made a bowl once, 10-4 year Alamo Bowl. And then it was John Emery before. I mean, we're guys, we're talking several decades before, you know, since yep. CU's had a real team. So so my my thoughts on this season are obviously we're at a low. This is kind of a rock bottom, but we didn't fall that far to get here. So, I mean, where do you guys fall on this season? What are your thoughts? I Honestly, uh, it, it's I, it's one of the most disappointing seasons I can ever remember. And, and even, even all that you just said, even with the lower expectations we've had coming off of some of these things, I mean, we really felt like this was a team that – could be bull eligible, had the talent to be bull eligible for them to fall not just flat, but I mean, this is as bad of a overall performance on a season as I can remember. It does bring back memories of when John Embry was coaching this team. Now, one thing I will say for this team, and I think the change in coach midseason made a huge part of this going to Mike Sanford is this team didn't quit up until maybe that last game or two things got really a little bit out of hand but they kept fighting they kept playing for Mike Sanford but as far as overall performance versus expectations it's it's about as bad as I can remember and that that hurts to say that well and, and that's it the expectations right because it's not and we've talked about this before you know get a little philosophical here in life this happens everywhere in life your reactions are because of expectations if you expect something to go poorly and it goes poorly usually you don't get so upset 
the expectations were like, you know, maybe Colorado can make a bowl this year. Maybe we can get to five, six wins, be around that range. It wasn't to certainly compete for the Pac-12 or even go back to the Alamo Bowl, but we thought that six wins was a realistic possibility. Not, according to Football Outsiders, the 125th best team in the country. So I agree with you, Jared. We expected a lot more, and that didn't get met this year, unfortunately. Um, Before we do get, you know, because it's going to be an up and down show, and and for – I mean, I can't imagine how many brand new listeners we have for the, for this very specific show. But if you are new, you know, we 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 don't always try and just keep it so rah-rah and, and, and always positive just for the sake of being positive. But, I mean, we're not going to be doom and gloom on today's show. We try and be very realistic on here with our picks, with our, with our uh, projections. But there's only so much that we can do to pile on. So we're going to just be realistic. I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm also not trying to be over the top when we're giving the awards out, things like that. But... Um, to be, I guess, I, that was a long preface for this. To be a little negative, uh, <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts? Like, like, who would you kind of put the blame on? And I, I don't really like playing this game necessarily, but if you had to, maybe pick, you know, a player or a coach or a player or a handful. I mean, does do we even go AD, Rick George for not, I don't know. I don't I, know. I'm going to yeah. put it. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I, I would just say that I put just on the guys that you hardly see on the field or on the sidelines every week. I think this has all got to do with upper management, things that not even uh, Mike Sanford, but Carl Durrell, but probably things that Mel Tucker uh, dealt with. Um, I don't think it's all their fault. I think right. they're acting in ways that they are told, not even told, but suggested that they make that decision. Yeah, Jared, what do you think? I can't disagree with you there, Ryan, to say that the, that the source of this bleeding stems from the very, very top within the CU program. But, I mean, this falls squarely on Carl Durrell's shoulders. He put together a bad game plan, a bad approach into the season. He did not grow off of previous failures and mistakes. And this this team was clearly not ready to play, not motivated to play. They did not believe in what he was doing in his vision. That was so obvious when it switched to Mike Sanford, how much this team believed in what Mike Sanford sure. was preaching. I put this squarely on Carl Drell's shoulders. If he does if Mike Sanford starts this season, I'm not saying this team goes to six wins but I think he got three or four. Right. No, I actually, I, I think it's, I, I would probably say it's, it's Carl Durrell too. I mean, I think that the main thing that CU needs to look for, whether it's hopefully it's Dion for God's sakes, please be Dion. That would be so, oh, oh my God. <laughs> you talk about just a, a, a rejuvenation. That would be so amazing. But whoever it has to be, I think the most important thing is, and, and Jared, we talked about this a few weeks ago, Ryan, I'm not sure if, if you were there for the show, but my point on, on that podcast was, I want a coach who's done this before. I don't want some young up-and-comer. Like, Arizona just hired uh, Oregon's offensive coordinator. Young coach. He's supposed to be – like, that's not what I want. I want a coach who knows how to build a program, knows how to get assistance, put people in the right position to succeed. Carl Durrell probably knows a lot about football. Probably a real hell of a coach outside of the head coach role. But when it comes to the head football coach, especially now with the NIL era and a lot of – I mean, you're recruiting. It's, it's a lot going on. So I want a coach who's been there before. So honestly, it, you know, we'll talk here at the end, but that needs to be important. And I and and I think that Carl Durrell is 
in my opinion, you know, someone to blame for this. So, all right, let's quickly go through the season quarter by quarter, three games at a time, and just kind of, uh, you know, talk about and wrap up what was not the best season ever. So we start off with the three non-conference games. Obviously, TCU opening the year. Would you guys have ever thought in a million years that that's the team that TCU was going to turn out to be? We thought we had a they chance. Were, we thought the Buffs had a chance. They were leading at the first game. half. <laughs> yes. After the first half, they were leading. That's true. Oh, my God. I can't even... That is true. Yes. yes. Is that is that the best uh, performance of the year for the Buffs in hindsight? <laughs> I mean, honestly, potentially. They had a decent <laughs> game plan to start that thing out. We, we lost the hype was real. The student section was full. Man. <laughs> yeah, the stadium take was your, packed. T- take yourself back and just, just remember those times at these times. Take you yourself all the way back to September 8th, whatever that was. But uh, yeah, right. God, that's funny. I can't. Uh, so actually, Ryan, in the first yeah. half, we were, first quarter we were winning, we went into halftime down 7 6. Oh, we were down. Oh, okay. But I hey, thought it was the other way around. We'll hey, take it. Seven, hey, I think seven, we missed so, a. Yeah. Missed, we'll missed a Do we miss an extra point? I think it's two field goals. No, no, no. Two field goals. Yeah. yeah. Two field goals. We took a while to score that first touchdown of the season. Don't uh, don't forget that. (laughs) All right. So anyway, uh, 38-13. You can't give me just this. Please. (laughs) No, you're right. It's the end of the year. Give me something. We need to be extra lenient today. That was my bad. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, Next game was Air Force on the road. Again, we were still in the mindset of let's go on the road and win this thing. Turn this around, you know. Uh, Lost that one 41-10. And that's where you started to see the early game jitters, the the, the first snap fumbles, the, the the early mistakes. And where, see, look, in the TCU game, decent game plan, made some mistakes in the second half. But it was really this game, the Air Force game, where we really start to, started to see the buffs hurt themselves and where they started to beat themselves. And it, it was where it became very apparent how poorly coached this team was. Yeah. You know, that, it, I think yeah. through the first three or four games of the season, it was just week after week, just you're banging your head against a wall. Like, what is this guy doing? Uh, after the Air Force game, it was at Minnesota. We all remember how that went, 49-7. And then, hey, let's, let's, let's just turn things around. Get to some Pac-12 play. Who cares? All about the Pac-12. We'll focus on that. Uh, go uh, Host UCLA, okay? So, God, I remember this game like it was yet. What, what was the thing about this game? It was, uh, what was, was it like the, they were, they were advertising something on the CU Buffs Twitter account weird. Do you remember, Jared? Uh, no, you're, you're saying this and I'm not. Oh, oh, no, no. I do remember. It was the gold rush. Oh, that's the, right. The, the, uh, the people who coordinate, you know, the, the, the color schemes. They chose to do the gold rush game when we were playing one of the gold teams on our schedule. One of the so only. A good idea. <laughs> it's like this wasn't only a bad season for the players. It's like everyone involved, just not good ideas around the around the, the program here. So on gold day, uh, where gold day, UCLA comes into Boulder and wins 45-17. Then CU goes on the road to Arizona, loses 43-20. And then the one game of the year we're going to spend a little bit more time on, the one win. They host Cal. And there was six game of the season to go one and five. CU gets the win 20 to 13 that game. And I mean, this is when we started to talk about, can we win a few games? What's good. And don't, don't remember, or don't forget this happened in overtime. It, uh, it went to overtime and then the buffs uh, scored uh, the, the touchdown. Owen McCown was the quarterback that game went 13 to 21, 104 yards, a touchdown. And then Deion Smith had 12 carries and 48 yards to uh, lead the bus there. Uh, JT Shroud came in the game, or did, did, did JT start that? No, or did no, he get that hurt? was no. JT came into the game when McCown took that big hit to the ribs or whatever it was. Oh, that's right. 
That's right. So many starts and pulls this year. I forget the order. <laughs> but uh, JT we came in in that game and went 8 of 12 for a touchdown. That was his best game of the year by far. Yeah. Coming in on that game. And, and honestly, guys, when we look at this game, as I see what happened the rest of the season, I think the rest of the season, the second half of the season, had more to do with the just brutal schedule that the Buffs played and less right. about the them really falling short. Like I do think this is a team that played better, played harder the the back half of the year, even though after this Cal game it doesn't show. You know, I, I do really think it was just a bad circumstances in the way that schedule played out. But, man, it just – I mean, it, it was awesome to see these kids have fun. This was the by far the best game to watch as a Buzz fan, the most fun, the energy, the excitement, the kids fighting all the way to the end, and that big play at the end of the game to win it. That was huge. couple of big plays, actually. Offensively, the big touchdown catch, and defensively, I believe it was Trevor Woods had the big pass break up in there. Yes, that's right. Yeah, big plays from big players. I mean, that's what is so fun about going and watching CU because even in these years we're winning five games, you know, six, seven games, we have, you know, there's games like that every year. And so this was sort of a fun reminder of, of you know, what this what we thought this team could be. And uh, I thought for a sec that may have been the, the late kickoff, but I just checked that was a noon kick against Cal. But uh, either way, um, a few more stats that game. Let's let's pull those up. Let, let's let's dwell on the good times, as right? As long as we can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anthony Hankerson was getting involved that game too. I mentioned Deion Smith led the team with 48 yards. Hankerson had 47 yards, uh, 16 carries and a touchdown that game. And then that's where Montana went off. Montana Lamonius Craig had eight catches, 119 yards and a touchdown. And remember that touchdown? That was a big, big touchdown that game. So uh yeah that uh, I mean yeah. in my opinion that was the play of the year right there that that's the one you hang your hat so. on that's that's the one that makes the montage at the end of the year I like that play of the year remember that we're doing our uh, our of the year stuff here coming up All right let's sadly get back to the schedule uh that was the Buffs one and only win 2013 at home but you know what that saves the defeated season going over so sure. we'll take it you know I'll, I'll I'll take that all day All right um Next game was Oregon State. Went on the road to Oregon State, lost 42-9. to I said we were doing this in quarters. Let's just go through the last couple of games. Rapid fire. There's no need to dwell on these. Arizona State came in in BCU in Boulder, 42-34. Close game. That was a close game. Uh, and then CU hosted Oregon that week after, 49-10. Last three of the year at USC, 55-17 loss. At Washington, 54-7 loss. Utah at home. That was tough. I made it to – I went to the game. It was It was – great day it was nice outside it was it was you know boulder you know Folsom field is just one of the best places to be and i had such a good time for for the first couple minutes and then things just went (laughs) things just went so poorly and let me say this too see you parking royally screwed me this game i got charged (laughs) i got triple charged for parking so not only not only did I see, you know, the Buffs losing 42 to nothing at halftime, but I leave the game demoralized, like, well, it's not a great way to end the season, and check my account to see that they charged me three times for parking. So and no, thanks, no, Steve. no uh, reconciliation since. Oh, I called and I'm getting reconciliation. You, <laughs> don't worry about that. That's their way to get you to include a, a parking spot when you renew your season tickets. There, you know. Another. I think I'm going to start doing that. How much is the addition for that? It's like, like the like it's 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 like if you spread it out over a season, it's the same that you're spending right now. But it's, it's thirty. Reserved. It's 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 thirty per game. Uh, roughly, yeah. Okay. 
right. But just well, to know, just to know, you pull right in and you end up in your spot. You know, I mean, it's that's easy. No, that that is nice to have the and the parking pass brings you to the Champion Center right under there. You're you're parking right, right underneath, and so you're right next to the stadium where I park is one of the closest places you can publicly. It's uh, you take you 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 take is it Colorado or Folsom? I think you take Colorado up, and then right before you hit Folsom. You you turn left and there's that big par- that huge parking garage. They do some tailgating out there. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of back there. That's where I usually park. Honestly, the only time it gets crappy to have a parking spot is when they're good, because then it yeah. takes forever to get out of the. Yeah, <laughs> the I bet. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, this uh, I'll, I'll never forget last year when I went to a game by myself. You know, when you go by yourself, you can make decisions that it's like whatever. You know, that doesn't affect anyone else. So I remember parking. Over by the is it Denny's or Perkins? It's over there, right off it's of a uh, Denny's, I believe. It's a Denny, you know where I'm talking about, though. I yeah. parked right, right <laughs> over there by there, and I walked like a mile and a half to the stadium. I put some in the headphones, just like you know what? I'd screw it. I'm not paying for parking. Yeah, it it's free. a great walk though to walk through the campus <laughs> that way. That's grown up with my choice. dad. Season tickets. That's what we always did. But yeah. if you don't get there two hours before the game starts, they get taken up quickly because other people are thinking that too, or, you know, college kids are parking there, stuff like that. So, um, all right, let's get on to the uh, season uh, ending show. Real real quickly before we move off of the schedule, something I just think is worth noting, and I don't have it exactly in front of me, but I I do know, and I've seen on a lot of different people put out on social media that CU, it it was a bad set of circumstances that the situation they were in with the head coach, with the, with the roster, everything, but they played one of the toughest schedules uh, across yeah. college football. I believe it's six teams that are currently in the top 17 in the most recent uh, college football playoff rankings. See, so you played six teams that are currently in that no, top I, 17. I believe, the, I believe that Colorado has the number three hardest schedule according to Phil, Phil Steele. You know, so it's always a product of circumstance, though. Remember when the Buffs went 10 and whatever, 10 and four with McIntyre, yep. 2016? A lot of that was because of schedule. We had a, you know, it was an easy schedule. And then they played Oklahoma State, a real team in the in the Alma Bowl. We saw how that went. Now there were some injuries, of course. You know, Buffs were a little banged up, but Jared was there. Oh I, I was there too. Yeah. Yeah. It was Remember? A, yeah, yeah, were Jared, you? yeah. Yeah. Jared and I uh, met up that at that uh, at the bowl game. And I actually made a little trip of it, went to New Orleans after. It was pretty fun. But either way, <laughs> uh, that's the last bowl game that CU went to. Yes. I mean, that's my one of my favorite parts about being a CU fan is occasionally we get to go to a bowl game and it's like a fun little vacation. And, and I remember after that game, it's like me and Jared, I remember making the pact. We're like, Hey man, let's make a little thing every, every, bowl year, game the bus, every year. I think, I think it was probably after a couple beers, but it's like, Hey, you know what we should do every year? They go to a bowl game. We're going. <laughs> and this was 2016. It hasn't happened since. <laughs> We've been Still saving up that bowl game. I don't know about you, Tyler, but my budget, I got, I'm saving up, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I put mine in escrow a long time right. ago. All right. Um, so, uh, let's move on to our, uh, awards. Okay. So we have some awards here. MVP, I've got my Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and was that it, Ryan, or, or was there one more? Uh, I believe that was it. Oh, Game of the Year. We oh, yeah, Game, game of the Year. We did that in the schedule. So Yeah, I know which one that is. Yeah, uh, Cal, let's go. All hey! right, so uh, there we my, go. So my team MVP, obviously most valuable player, right? Who was the most valuable this year? And it's kind of tough to distinguish that because value usually leads to success, so and wins. So we didn't see a lot of that, but if I had to pick one player, I'm going defense, uh, Chandler Sumito, Josh Chandler Sumito. 
he tore like, he was kind of the one player that we could count on outside of Nate Landman. We wondered who's going to fill the Landman's shoes, who's going to step up defensively. And I mean, he showed quickly that Chandler Sumato, that he's the guy and he was going to be the guy this year on defense, led the team with 96 total tackles, led the team with three and a half sacks, led the team with uh, 28 sack yards. He had one interception. He had a pass defense. I mean, he was all over the place. One fumble recovered and him being so stable in the middle of that defense, I think you look both sides of the football. You know, how often do we go quarterback or something like that here? But I'm going defense. I'm going linebacker. Josh Chandler Sumito is my uh, team MVP. Uh, what do you guys think? You agree or you have someone else? Uh, I would honestly agree uh, with you there. I think just looking at he's he's probably, in my mind, the only guy that really, really shined throughout the year and, and just just. Game in, game out. He kept getting better. He kept performing, producing in many different ways in coverage, in 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 you know rush defense. He got after the quarterback, led the team in sacks. But just for the sake of throwing another name out there, I'm going to give you one that's a little bit of a curveball. But to Uh-oh, me, curveball. To Randy me, Johnson here. It's it's Owen McCown, and and when they, when he was in at quarterback, this was a different football team. I, I think you okay. felt it. You felt the energy. You felt like they were going in a direction. He was the the you know. Started at least the only game that the Buffs won this year against Cal. So I'm going to go with Owen McCown. It just felt like he had a little more juice when he was uh, on the field. We could say nothing's fl- the offense was flowing with Owen. You like that? <laughs> hey. I'll give All you right. another name as well for for yeah. team MVP. Um, I'm I'm going to go with Quinn Perry. Honestly, he, that's a good one. He may have not been on the stat sheet the best player. Hey, uh, third, also- third third in the team in tackles. But that's also why I didn't give him Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, But what I thought he brought to the table was the intangibles. I felt like this whole season, what the team had been lacking was a team leader. And I I feel like he kept a lot of the guys together. Um, This had to be a player. So that's why I didn't choose Mike Sanford, because I felt like there was no emotion in this team until Mike Sanford took over. But I felt like, Quinn Perry was kind of keeping everybody's heads above water in the tough times. I was well said. Huh? I was going to yeah. go with Mike Sanford, but I thought you would not appreciate me. Me cheating. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I agree though. Quinn Perry needs to be uh, mentioned. All right, uh, offensive MVP. Uh, I'm going Dion Smith. Led the team in rushes. Led the team in uh, rushing yards. Uh, he was really consistent. And, you know, it's funny because I, w- I was wondering, who am I going to go for offensive MVP? Because you can go quarterback. You can even go Fontenot, who had a good, a good year. Do you go, you know, some of these receivers, Jordan Tyson, Montana Lamonis, Craig? You know, uh, I, w- I don't know if you give it to Arias. He had a lot of drops and a lot of situations that I think he could have helped his team out. But that's sure. just me personally. But I'm going Deion Smith because I don't think he actually gets talked about enough. I think at the end of the year, all of the talk, which rightly so at the end of the season, was on Fontenot. He came back. He probably would have been the starter from the get-go if he would have been healthy. So let's not ignore that. But for the offensive MVP this year, I'm going to give it to Deion Smith. He did so much for this team. He, By the way, 83 rushes. The next player on the team was Fontenot with 65. So he was kind sure. of more of that one back, if you would say, this season. He got hurt, got banged up. It was real scary there for a moment. Ended up coming back, what, one, two weeks later, which you just love to see, you know, the, uh, uh, a potential bad injury, not be much at all. So was super happy to see that. And, you know, you, you hope the players like Deion Smith stick around. I saw already someone's entering the transfer portal. You know, one of our, our who was it? Uh, uh, one of our best linemen. Uh, Roddick, uh, Casey Roddick. 
Casey Roddick and yeah, Isaiah Roddick. Lewis said today that he's oh, going in the transfer portal Isaiah as well. too? Yeah. That's tough. See, that's why if, if I'm telling you, man, if the Buffs can get prime, I mean, that it, changes everything. It changes everything. everything. And, and a guy that you, you kind of bring it up, and you mentioned him just as you were going through, the guy that's my offensive MVP is Jordan Tyson. This is the, yeah. in my mind, you want to talk about internal well. recruiting? This is the guy you got to keep. This is a superstar on your roster. Now, he went down with an injury. I don't know that I ever heard the exact injury or the extent of it, and hopefully he is back beginning of next season. I know a lot of times when you're dealing with knee injuries, sometimes that can be more than that full-year recovery, which he obviously got injured midseason, but led the team in receiving yards, even though he missed several games. Led the team in touchdowns, had big play Game after game after game, this is the type of player you can build around, even from the wide receiver position. I think it is so crucial to keep him here with the Buffaloes, and I think a coach like Prime can do that. So, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're getting me excited about it, Tyler. I've been trying my hardest not to. Been trying. I know. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But, Ryan, uh, do you agree with uh, Jordan Tyson, what Jared, you said? Yeah, Jordan Tyson was was my uh, offensive player of the year as well. Um, again, yeah, just just to reiterate, you know, he didn't he, he didn't finish the season, but when he was in there, he was always dangerous, even on special teams. And that's something we haven't seen since since Rodney Stewart, uh, Brian Kelly. I mean, giving you different ways to score on the field, and and I felt like the very small window of where I felt like. JT Shrout felt comfortable starting this offense. He was always connecting with Tyson. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, who hopefully whoever next year's quarterback. I don't think we have any idea who next year's quarterback's going to be right now. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I, I don't. Gets along well with them. Yeah. All right, let's get to defensive player of the year. Um, obviously, I gave my MVP to Chandler Sumito, so I'm going to go elsewhere for this one. Uh, Trevor Woods. I think Trevor Woods is my defensive player of the year. Um, second in the team in tackles, but not just the stats. He seemed to make the big plays at the big times on third downs when we really needed him to step up. You know, he he had you know some passes broken up. He had that that uh, uh, a couple of uh, forced fumbles, and it was just the timing with him. You know, when we needed a big play, if it was going to come from somewhere, a lot of the times on the defensive end, it, it came from uh, or on the defensive side, it came from Trevor Woods. So that's my defensive player of the year. And uh, what do you guys say? I got to go, even though I know we already talked about him, I got to go with Josh Chandler Semedo. And I mean, I just, just to kind of reiterate what, what Tyler was saying before that, I mean, it's not just that he was the best player on the defense. He was the best player by far. I mean, you look at total tackles. He is 17 tackles ahead of the second guy. Sacks. He has three and a half sacks. No player on this team other than him had more than one sack. And I mean, he dominated in ways that nobody on this team was even close to keep up with him. So honestly, I think it's because of the lack of success in the season, the greatness that we saw out of Josh Chandler Semedo was lost a little bit on this season because this is, in my mind, as good as any season that Nate Landman put together for the bus. Now, Nate Landman's career, his legacy, was built because of the longevity of it, that four years of greatness that he brought. Now, obviously, Chandler Semedo was a transfer, so we only got to see him for the one year. I promise you, he makes an NFL roster next year. This is an NFL-caliber player. All right, I like that. Um, let's finish off. Uh, uh, Ryan, do you have your uh, – I'm discombobulated here. Uh, Ryan, did, did you give yours yet or not? Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. But I was just going to go with Trevor Woods as well. Um, okay, yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought he uh, 
not only was he my defensive player of the year and we didn't even pick one, but he is my uh, most improved player of the year as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, like that. we, 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 we saw him jump on the scene last year with that uh, block punt against Arizona this year. He really uh, made huge strides in his defensive game, his, 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 his past defense, his, his rushing, his tackling. And yeah, I, I, I just got to go with Woods. There you go. I agree with that. All right. Well, look, in general, I know it was a tough season and um, we always do one of these shows. It was definitely a different little feel to the end of the season this year. And it, let's face it, guys, it was a different feel to every show this year after week four or five. Sure. I mean, it started yeah. to just kind of get to where it was a therapy session. We said that several times <laughs> in the podcast. So I know a lot of you fans out there agree with us and it was a long season, but stay tuned. We're going to talk a lot about this team, this program, the direction we're going in, what to expect. I mean, so much is going to change based on the, the decision that Rick George and Phil DeStefano make to, to hire at Colorado. This is going to change next five years of the university. And even if you say, well, so what if prime comes, he's going to leave in two years. Anyway, that doesn't matter. That sets up what the next five years are going to look like because he's going to do a ton. And the time he's here, look at what Mel Tucker did in in a year. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's what we have to focus on right now. Turn the page. Let's, let's crumple that up, throw in the trash and just move on. We've seen seasons like that before, you know, unfortunately as Buffs fans, we've seen seasons like that before. So, Keep it's time to heal. Up, it's time to heal, everybody. Exactly, exactly. So keep your head up, us fans. <laughs> um, when there is a coaching announcement, hopefully it's Dion. Come on, Dion. But when there is a coaching announcement, we'll be back. Uh, give us a follow. We haven't been tweeting a ton lately for obvious reasons, but give us a follow on Twitter at Buffs Podcast, and we'll let you know when we're going to be back. But also, like follow do all that stuff so you can get notified whenever we post a new show that's the easiest way to keep up here so uh thanks for joining us this season it was a long one but thanks for uh, sticking along with the uh, on the ride with us we'll talk to you here soon when the bus make a decision until then let's always go buffs and go ralphie ralphie had a nice last run uh to, to end her season as well so we'll talk to you next time right here on the bus nation podcast